Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with a zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, an award-winning tour showcasing Asheville's spectacular rooftop views and fascinating city history. Enjoy handcrafted drinks and delicious food with reserved seating and transportation included. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com and by RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories about people who create memories around the music they remember from their journeys all over the world. There's a link, then, between music and memory. As music evokes emotion, we're able to recall difficult parts of our lives and helps us heal. Listening to music can't cure, but perhaps it can help us heal from the experiences of the last year and a half. Around the world, live performances are beginning to emerge again. In Cape Cod, there's excitement in the air as the Cape Cod Chamber Music Festival returns this August after a year of live shows having to be put on hold. And what I love about the Cape Cod community is the festival's first show will be themed as an ode to people who continue to support their local art scene when they needed it most. That is really a nice, nice thing, and these are the kind of stories that we all need to hear right now. Hailed by the New York Times as a triumph of quality, the Cape Cod Chamber Music Festival has been a presenter of chamber music and a major contributor to the cultural life of Cape Cod since it began in 1979. My guest today is Paul Schwenender, Executive Director of the Cape Cod Chamber Music Festival. And Paul, thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Travel today. Thank you, Marilyn. It's great to be here. And Paul, you're actually sitting right up there at the Cape in Massachusetts as we speak, right? That is correct. Our, uh, our office for the festival is in East Ham, 
And the performance venues, however, are up and down the Cape in various venues. Well, having been to the Cape, I can tell you it's such a beautiful place. And when I spoke of healing earlier, what a magical place to be able to have such beautiful music performed with all the elements of nature around you. That, that is true. And uh, there is something about the sounds of nature, the roar of the ocean, and the, the kind of stillness that it brings to a, a person's point of view, their mind when they're here. It is ideal at the end of a day on the beach to be able to sit down in a concert hall and hear some beautiful chamber music. Very reflective and inspiring. Well, Paul, give us a, a little backstory about you, because I know that you've had like a long career in classical music and have been around the world. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you even kind of came full circle to be in this beautiful place. Well, it's true. I, I studied music at the Eastman School of Music. I was a French horn player. And uh, that took me afterwards to Vienna, Austria, where I lived and worked uh, as a musician for about five years, doing various uh, projects, and uh, including uh, the, an encounter with music and nature at the Salzburg Festival, uh, set in the midst of the beautiful mountains. I was really struck then by uh, how great this combination is. And following that, I worked in uh, Holland for about 10 years for a record company, Philips Classics Productions. That was near Amsterdam. This was a, a wonderful time of traveling around the world back in the days when CDs were the thing. I mean, most people don't even know what a CD is these days. It's like a cylinder record. We were busy at that time uh, preparing the complete Mozart edition, all of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's works on 180 CDs. That was a thrilling time. And also living in Holland, I got to very much appreciate the sea, which is, as we you know, surrounding it and threatening to inundate it at any moment. So this led to a move to New York about 20 years ago and working on a project recording uh, Jewish music, classical music of Jewish importance. Uh, that went on for many years. And I have been since then working on a television program called the All-Star Orchestra, which is a series on public TV with leading players from around the country who meet in an orchestra once a year under the direction of Gerard Schwartz. And in the course of this project, which has gone on for five seasons, I got to know one of the wonderful musicians, a clarinetist, John Manassi. He's the principal clarinet of the All-Star Orchestra. And he is one of the two artistic directors of the Cape Cod Chamber Music Festival, together with the pianist John Nakamatsu. And so there was a connection there. And when the opportunity came to come to Cape Cod and work for the festival, it just sounded like a wonderful opportunity. And I, I seized it. Well, having not be able to have live performances for as long as we've had, this opportunity couldn't have come at a better time. It seems that everybody is just just so anxious now to get back out and to be able to to hear live music. And what a wonderful lineup 
you have starting out. It, it's true. And uh, the, the festival here, as you mentioned, has been going on for 42 years. There is a great tradition here, a lot of support locally. And the artistic directors have been leading the festival for 16 years now. And they have a really close connection with the whole cultural and social scene here. That's why their first performance, which will be on August 3rd, is going to be called In Celebration of Our Audience. And it's kind of a musical journey, uh, starting with a slow, thoughtful piece by Johannes Brahms, which is a reflection on the past year, and concluding with a triumphant, uh, jubilant piece by Carl Maria von Weber, the Grand Duo Concertant, which is probably one of the most enjoyable and virtuosic of clarinet and piano works. Wow, that just sounds so inspiring and uplifting. And I think we're all ready for some uplifting at this point. So you must be, I mean, considering that you've had such a, a vast, colorful career in music and the arts, this must be really a, a very exciting time for you personally. It is, and I'm, I'm very thankful to, to be a part of this uh, tradition here. There is something about being able to present and share great music, particularly in a lovely setting like this, which is very enriching uh, to the audience, to the performers, uh, to me personally. And I, I think there is uh, a great opportunity here for people who come to Cape Cod to uh, be able to combine nature and music in a special way. And Paul, is there a, a website where people can go to get more information? Yes, Marilyn. The website is capecodchambermusic.org, and that's where the complete season is described. It, it runs from August 3rd to August 13 this year, and in a normal year, it will be running through the whole month of August. Uh, this year, because of the pandemic restrictions, we had to uh, have an abbreviated season. But next year, we have full confidence that we will be back for the full four weeks as we have been since many years. Well, when we come back from the break, Paul, I, I would love to talk more about the venues. You talked about the different venues where the music will be happening. And, and I'd also like to, to hear more about these amazing musicians who are going to be there to perform these first, these first concerts. So again, I want to thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Travel. I'm looking forward to hearing more about the, the Cape Cod Chamber Music Festival coming up. Thank you. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel, and we will be right back. It's summertime in Subieville, which means it's time for adventure here in western North Carolina. Or more aptly, time to get outdoors and outgoing down a road less traveled. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And off the beaten path, nothing says tough like the tried and true reliability of an all-wheel drive Subaru. There's a reason why 97% of Subarus sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today and ready for the next adventure. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Buongiorno, this is Mark Smith, president of Private Italy Tours LTD. 
We are now accepting fully refundable deposits for our October 5 through 16 tour of Puglia, the heel of Italy's so-called boot, and nearby Basilicata. We keep safety first, away from crowds, and enjoy open-air explorations of towns like Alberobello, home of Puglia's famed Trulli houses, Lecce, the so-called Florence of the South, and Matera, Basilicata's famed town of cave houses. We will share private boat excursions with our guests along the coasts near Gallipoli and from the very tip of Italy at Santa Maria di Liuca. Fabulous wines and meals, private ensuite accommodations, and easy days are yours on this wonderful experiential journey. You will be based at just two locations during our tour, a gorgeous Pugliese winery and from a flawlessly restored 16th century Castello. We still have some rooms available on this unforgettable journey, and we are also offering all six of our 2022 tours, from Venice and Florence, Umbria and Lamarque, to Italy's poetically beautiful lake region, to Sicily and the Amalfi Coast. Italy is yours with Private Italy Tours LTD. Private-Italy.com Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I am excited to have Paul Schwenender here with us today on Speaking of Travel. Paul is the executive director of the Cape Cod Chamber Music Festival that is happening in August. And Paul, thank you so much for taking some time and being with us today on Speaking of Travel. Thank you for having me. It's great to talk with you. Well, Paul, before the break, we were talking about your background and how you came to to be there in Cape Cod right now. And this festival has been going on for a long time, and they had to take a, a year break. We, you know, so many, so many programs had to just kind of take that, take that time. And now we're coming back. And Let's talk a little bit about the venues for the Cape Cod Chamber Music Festival, because you had mentioned that it was happening in different places. Give us a little bit of an idea about, about Cape Cod and how these venues have been chosen for this beautiful music. With pleasure. It goes back really to the beginning of the festival in 1979. Uh, there was a pianist, Samuel Sanders, who was very much in demand Uh, as an accompanist for some of the world's great musicians. He was Itzhak Perlman's accompanist for many years. And Sam had a vision for bringing great chamber music to Cape Cod. And he got to know some people here. And over a course of several years, different venues were selected that would be appropriate for concerts. And at one time, it was literally all over the Cape, including on both of the islands, Nantucket and Martha's Vineyards. What has happened in recent years uh, is that a select number of venues have been chosen as perhaps the audience's favorites. This year, we will be in three of those venues. And the, the most northerly is the First Congregational Church of Wellfleet, uh, that's on the uh, what they would call the lower cape, but that actually means the northern arm uh, here. And 
The church there is a beautiful structure from the early 19th century with perfect acoustics. And it has been sort of the, the main home, you might say, of the, of the music festival for a number of years. We will perform there several concerts. And another venue that has become very popular is on the, I guess, the upper end of the Cape, which again, that means the part closer to the land. So you might, it's, but that's the way people talk around here. And that is uh, in a place called Cotuit, C-O-T-U-I-T. That is near Hyannis. And that's a beautiful performing arts center that has been the home for many concerts too. And our third venue this year is quite special. That is right on the coast of the Atlantic. That is on the national seashore at Cape Cod in East Ham. And that is a free concert, by the way. And that will be where the audience can sit outside by a lovely amphitheater and look over at the Atlantic Ocean while listening to chamber music. I think that's going to be wonderful. I can't imagine a more beautiful spot than sitting by the ocean and being able to hear this beautiful music. So give me an idea of who comes to the festival. I'm assuming that a lot of local people come, but who else would would be coming to the festival? Our audience tends to be a, a lovely mixture of local people and people who are vacationing. I think we get quite a few people from New York and Boston, people who are experienced having very high-level musical performers available. And since the beginning of this festival, what has been outstanding about it is the level of the musicians who have performed. Uh, The world's greatest performers play here in these lovely small venues. Yo-Yo Ma was a performer here in in his early days. Uh, We have regular visits by the Emerson String Quartet, one of the most famous performing today. We have uh, one of our artistic directors, I mentioned John Nakamatsu. He is the first prize winner, the grand prize winner of the Van Cliburn competition. And John Manassi, the other artistic director, is in great demand as a soloist around the world. So we are able to feature really the kind of performers you would hear in Carnegie Hall or Lincoln Center or the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., And uh, it's something very special to have this intimate musical experience because our venues do not seat a great many people. In Cotuit, it's just 150, and in Wellfleet, just a little over 300. So it's a place where the audience can have an up-close and personal experience with the great music as well as with the performers. Well, it sounds just absolutely wonderful. And It's your first season here as the executive director. What are you looking forward to the most, Paul? Well, uh, what I've been looking forward to and and experiencing now is, first of all, the opportunity to collaborate with so many wonderful people. And I'd like to mention the executive director for the past 16 years, Elaine Lipton, who is this year staying on. To the, we are working this summer actually together in tandem. Just a wonderful person who has really nurtured the festival and brought it further in so many different ways. It's just great to be able to have this transition and to do it with her so that we can you know, make it possible for the audience to come back to live performances. So that has been 
and continues to be the most pleasurable thing. And, and working with John and John, the two artistic directors are known as the two Johns. It, it's really a family atmosphere here. And uh, we feel that, you know, it's going to be very safe. The, the church, the venues where we are performing all have air filtration systems. Uh, everyone is going to be following the pandemic guidelines. So we expect the audience will be very happy and will feel quite safe too. Oh, that's wonderful. And I know that people are going to hear about this and they're going to want to come up there. So if somebody wanted to come not only to the festival, Cape Cod is just such a magical place. What are what are some of the other things people can do when they're there at the Cape, Paul? The, the number one thing is the beach, of course. And uh, there is just a great mystery and, and splendor of the beach. Uh, right here in Eastham, going northward for 40 miles is the Cape Cod National Seashore, which was set aside by President Kennedy in 1961, it is 40 miles of completely unspoiled uh, natural beach. And just to, you can go at, at various areas and to walk, to listen. I will quote just very briefly from the most famous book about Cape Cod written by a man named Henry Beston. He lived for an entire year in a little hut that he built on the, the outermost beach in his his book is called The Outermost House, and he describes here the sound of the waves. He says, the three great elemental sounds in nature are the sound of rain, the sound of wind in a primeval wood, and the sound of outer ocean on a beach. I have heard them all, and of all three elemental voices, that of the ocean is the most awesome, beautiful, and varied. That sums up really the great allure of Cape Cod. And from on either side, the ocean, the Atlantic or the Bayside, great beaches, great history everywhere. How many people know, for example, that the pilgrims, uh, they first landed on Cape Cod in a place called First Encounter Beach. That was a full month before they landed in Plymouth. So to come to Cape Cod, you will have no end of natural and historical fascination. And beautiful, beautiful music to top it all off. Well, Paul, I can't thank you enough for being with me on Speaking of Travel. And tell us again how we can get more information about the festival. Yes, Cape Cod Chamber Music Festival from August 3rd to August 13. And you can find out full information about the concerts at Cape Cod Chamber Music. .org. Well, Paul, again, it's a pleasure talking to you. I hope I can get up there. I have, I just love being up on the, on the Cape. It's one of my very favorite destinations. And I wish you and, and all of you just the most wonderful music season that, that you can possibly have. Thank you, Marilyn. It was such a pleasure to talk with you today. Well, thank you, Paul. And, you know, as we were saying, music is so important for healing. And if you're on your own journey to greater health and happiness, imagine what a mountaintop meditation during a full moon at a vortex while doing yoga would provide for you. Well, coming up next is Miranda Peterson of Namaste in Nature. Yoga, hiking, meditation, all right here in Western North Carolina that will help relieve your stress and anxieties while celebrating and appreciating nature. 
So stay tuned. Spring is in the air here in Asheville, North Carolina, and we're so excited because now is the time to join Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours on their exciting three-hour rooftop experience. You will enjoy city history, handcrafted drinks and food, breathtaking views, reserved seating, and a local guide leading the way, and they take care of the driving too. Enjoy the VIP treatment on this TripAdvisor award-winning tour. Tours seven days a week. For more information, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. Speaking of having a little more calm in our lives, there's a huge reemergence of travelers who are seeking healthy and transformative experiences as part of their travel. If you're ready to feed yourself spiritually and mentally, a wellness vacation is just what the doctor ordered. My guest today is Miranda Peterson, the founder of Namaste in Nature, a yoga, hiking, and meditation respite in Western North Carolina that helps relieve stress and anxieties while celebrating and appreciating nature. And welcome, Miranda. It is so great to have you back on Speaking of Travel. Yes, thanks for inviting me back, Marilyn. Well, you know, Miranda, it was a while back when we first spoke on Speaking of Travel. You were really just getting Namaste and Nature started, and now that's been a number of years. Give us a little backstory on how this all came about. Well, I guess the very beginning would be uh, my past life was in the corporate marketing and advertising industry. I quit that in 2015 and went to India, did my yoga teacher training. I meditated with monks in Myanmar and Thailand, and I did a lot of hiking and spending time in nature in the Himalayas, the Alps, the Andes. And so when I came back home to the U.S., I thought about how I could combine all of those experiences into something for people here, because not everybody can quit their job and you know go backpack for several months. <laughs> so you came to Asheville and you started this very unique idea. And Mm -hmm. it's really taken off. I I have to say I've gone on a couple of your a couple of your hikes and walked up the mountain and did yoga out in nature with this incredible view. Give us a little bit of an idea how you have created these unique experiences. Yeah, so um, our yoga hikes combine yoga, hiking and meditation with the most incredible waterfalls, mountains, sunsets, full moons, and even the vortex here in Western North Carolina. So it can be a really unique, but also um, memorable and powerful experience. And I started this business in 2017 by myself, and it's grown since then. Now I have about 12 other guides, because if you live in Asheville, you know, there's no shortage of yoga teachers here and no shortage of people who love being in the outdoors. So It's just naturally such a great place for people who want to um, do this and be the guides for this experience, but also people who want to travel and visit here and experience these kinds of things. 
Well, when you talk about a vortex, let's let's talk about that a little bit and what that means, because I don't know that everybody is really that familiar with what a vortex is. Yeah, so a vortex is basically a concentration of energy. This can be uh, electric, electromagnetic, maybe even spiritual energy. And a lot of people report feelings of like peace and calm, feeling connected to a higher power. A lot of people report this when they visit a vortex and probably the most famous that you've heard of in the US or in Sedona, Arizona. And what's interesting is we're kind of on the same um, geographic parallel as Sedona. And, you know, there's a lot around the theory of vortexes and ley lines. I actually wrote um, a pretty comprehensive blog post about it on my blog on namastaynature.com. So you can definitely read more about it there if you're curious, but um, it's definitely more felt than seen. And another reason I think the, the vortex energy is strong here is we have a lot of quartz crystal deposits in the area. And, you know, as we know, everything vibrates at the atomic level, everything we see as solid, but it's actually, you know, vibrating and moving at the very smallest level and different things vibrate um, at different frequencies. So when we um, tap into those things, when we practice meditation or yoga, become connected, become mindful and quiet, you can kind of tap into some really amazing things. So Miranda, when people come on your, uh, do these experiences, they are they usually people who have come here from other places or you have people who live here who who go on your unique experiences men women is it a a mixture of all of that yes i'm actually really excited about the diversity of clientele that we receive on our hikes Um, our goal is to make these experiences accessible to as many people as possible so Um, You know, we'll get families, we'll get bachelorette parties, we'll get couples, we'll get small groups, we'll get some corporate groups, um, all ages, all backgrounds, all kinds of occupations. Something interesting I've noticed is we tend to get a lot of people in um, the health and wellness industry. So nurses, doctors, therapists, people that spend a lot of their time caring for others need to make that time to take care of themselves. It seems like everybody really needs to be taking care of themselves these days. We've gone through a lot of changes and there really couldn't be a better time to tune in and to connect with you. And tell us again what your website is so people can get more information and read up on your blogs. Absolutely. Yeah, it's namasteinnature.com, N-A-M-A-S-T-E-I-N-N-A-T-U-R-E. I also have, like you mentioned, a lot of free blog posts with a lot of information about the Asheville area and about yoga and try to support some other local businesses there as well. Um, And we also have a lot of free yoga videos on YouTube. You can just search Namaste Nature or uh, Miranda Peterson on YouTube and those will come up. We're also very active on Instagram and Facebook, like to engage with people. And um, that's one thing. We've had a lot of repeat customers, people who have done a hike a while ago and they come back and they do a different one because we offer, you know, a waterfall location. We offer a a morning mountain location, a sunset experience, full moon experience. So even if you're visiting uh, the same location, it'll be totally different depending on the season, depending on who your guide is, depending on um, the time of day and the weather. So, you know, people can come back multiple times and it's a totally different experience 
each time because we empower the guides to kind of put their own spin on it and uh, incorporate different things and kind of whatever that group needs. Like every experience is totally different. Well, I know that during the last year and a half, I spent a lot of time on YouTube looking at your your videos. They really helped oh, me. Yeah, they helped me so much just get through the day. Like, oh, you know what? It's time for me to clear my head and just relax and do some meditation. And I'd go to your website. I'd click on something and, and just there you were. There was one of your one of your guides and and it was just so peaceful right here in my own in my own living room so mm-hmm. now being able to get out and you supply everything like we don't really need to bring anything right yeah i just need to bring yourself and that's kind of the overall theme is um you know yoga and the outdoors and self discovery is really a journey and that's the difference here is a lot of people i think travel um, with visiting a destination in mind where we try to make it more of a journey. And that's the initial reason I started creating the yoga videos was so people could continue doing yoga after this experience. Sometimes we'll have people who it's their first time doing yoga, they'll come on a yoga hike, it's their first time hiking. And I really want people to continue that journey. So um, I want to give people the resources to do that through my videos and my blog. And of course, everyone's journey is different. Um, So yeah, I just really appreciate all the people that have come on this journey with us and all of my guides and my team that have made this journey possible. And uh, another thing is we really care about the environment. We really want to connect people to nature, connect them to themselves because we are a part of nature, right? Um, And so part of the proceeds from each of our hikes is donated Uh, to plant trees around the world. This helps offset our carbon emissions and just kind of helps us as a local business have more of a global impact on the environment. Well, I can't thank you enough for that, Miranda. Obviously, on Speaking of Travel, being able to educate people about leaving no trace and, and having a smaller carbon footprint and understanding what all of that means and putting it all together with what you're doing. And it's, it's just such a beautiful thing. And, and I want to thank you so much for being here today and filling us in on this and, and also being a partner with Romantic Asheville, being a, a real a collaborator with our community. You do so much. And I want to really give you a shout out for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Miranda, tell us one more time how we can get in touch with you and hook up and get signed up for one of your tours. Yeah. So kind of our, our home base is our website, namasteinnature.com. And uh, from there, you can book any of our hikes. We're also offering retreats. Uh, so, you know, they can be a couple more days experience. The yoga hikes are two to three hours. So those are pretty easy to do in a day. Um, but we're starting to expand to include Uh, retreats over weekends, and uh, we do both public and private groups. Uh, You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and love for everyone to come and visit us sometime. Well, thank you, Miranda. We definitely are going to come and visit you sometime. I'm looking forward to another outing with you. So thank you again for all that you do. Awesome. Thank you, Marilyn. 
Well, you know, travel is an exciting, eye-opening experience, and it's easy to get caught up in the thrill of going someplace again. But don't forget about travel safety considerations. We must never forget about that. We should always be extra concerned about our health and safety and that of our fellow travelers, especially when we're traveling by air. Coming up next is Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport to provide us some essential information on preventive measures to keep you and your loved ones safe when traveling. So stay tuned. Summertime is the perfect time to get out and explore North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains. Create your perfect vacation or staycation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com Travel Guide covers a nearly 100-mile radius in and around Asheville, North Carolina. With idyllic weather, beautiful scenery, and a variety of safe and memorable adventures, Western North Carolina is the place to be. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You know, the United States continues to set records for the number of air travelers since 2020. Airlines started to see an increase in bookings around mid-February, and the TSA continues to see an increase every day. As more and more people are stepping out and traveling again, it's easy to feel we've come a long way and that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But we have to remain mindful about taking measures like wearing a mask, sanitizing and washing your hands frequently, and social distancing when possible. Airports are making a concerted effort to reduce our risk at the airport environment, and they're employing a whole range of different risk mitigation strategies for passengers, for employees, for their concessionaries, their contractors, and visitors. And collectively, these efforts are playing an important role in providing layers of protection to ensure the safety and well-being of their customers and their team members. Because raising awareness about the environment of airlines and airports is so important today, and it's crucial we all remain mindful to health-related issues concerning airports and airlines. And joining me today to update us on current safety measures is Tina Kinsey, Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And Tina, thank you so much for keeping us on point every week and being able to to update us on what's going on at the airport and in the industry overall. Absolutely. I'm so happy to do it. Well, Tina, you know, we we are in a place right now where we're thinking, oh, the you know, we're coming to the end of the the pandemic and there's light at the end of this tunnel and you know, still there's there's millions of people who are traveling right now by air and I think we have to be 
really out there as far as health and safety and keeping everybody aware of that. Can you give us some ideas of what you're doing there at the Asheville Regional Airport and what you know is going on industry-wide throughout our country? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, not a lot has changed in terms of the safety measures that have been in place, gosh, for a year and a half now. Um, And airports across the country are still focused on safety measures. So when you enter the airport here in Asheville, you're going to see, still see the signs about wearing your mask. In fact, on every entrance into the airport, uh, we have signage, masks required. It's a federal mandate. Even though mask restrictions have been lifted many, many other places, In public transportation environments, there is a federal mandate. And so everyone must wear a mask when they come into the airport. And so right there, we've got signage everywhere, but we also have free cloth masks that are available to anyone who needs them at our guest services desk. Uh, And we're giving away, oh, probably... 50 to 100 masks a day right now, uh, because I think as people just are living life again and not having to wear masks other places, they're not realizing when they get to the airport, oh, I, I have to have a mask to be here and to go on my trip. So we do have, offer that as a complimentary service. And then we've kept All of our hand sanitizing stations throughout the airport, those will be there forever and ever, I'm sure. And we have our acrylic shields at all the counters. We ask everyone to, to distance themselves when they can. I will tell you, travel is, uh, the travel industry has picked up, the air travel industry is booming right now. And And we are a very busy airport. So that becomes a little difficult at times. But wash your hands often. We remind you to do that. And then we also have all these enhanced cleaning procedures that have remained in place even after, you know, life is getting a little bit more back to normal. So really clean environment. The airplanes are very clean. You're still given your sanitizing wipes when you get on most aircraft so that you can wipe down your area um, of the airplane. And so it's it's a safe travel environment and we are committed to keeping it that way. Well, besides the obvious of washing your hands frequently, using the hand sanitizer, wearing the mask, social distancing, are there any other tips that you could provide that could give potential passengers or people who are planning on going to the airport some idea of what they should do to just be proactive when they get there? Sure. So we are getting questions from time to time, travelers who are not sure, are they, do they have to have a negative COVID test uh, before they travel? Where can they get that, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And really the airport is not the expert on that information. So what we tell people is they really should check with their airline and also their destination 
They need to really do some research and understand if there are restrictions, where they are traveling to. And the airline should be able to guide about that if they are selling tickets to specific destinations. You know, they often have, you know, information available for their travelers. And so really people need to do their research and understand that. And then bring extra masks. They have a tendency to feel not so comfortable after you've worn them for a long time. Uh, You might want a fresh one. Bring your own hand sanitizer and wipes. Bring some food with you. One thing that has happened is, you know, there are staffing shortages across the country in many, many industries, and that includes in service industries in, in airports. Many restaurants are still not open full regular hours, or they may not have the staff there to open at full capacity. So you may find yourself in an airport thinking, oh, I'm going to go have a meal and you might be out of luck. So, you know, think about that, bring some snacks, uh, plan ahead for that. But, you know, we're, the travel industry is working very hard to meet this surging demand and you know, we're doing the best that we can. And we ask everyone to have a good attitude, be patient, be prepared, do your research. And we are doing our best to keep things clean and safe and efficient. Well, we can't thank you enough. And and again, I just want to give a big shout out because, you know, the airports, the airlines, they make it possible for all these millions of people to be able to go visit their family, to go on a vacation. And there are a lot of hazards to their safety by being around all these people. And it seems the industry is always 100% focused to make sure that your team is safe, that your passengers are safe. And I just want to always give a big shout out to that because Sometimes we take it for granted. Oh, we're going to go to the airport and get on a plane and and go to our destination without really realizing the complexity of what's going on behind the scenes. Yes, thank you for saying that. You know, safety is the top priority in, in the air travel industry. We think about it, plan for it, follow best practices, and are often leaders in that space. And we're proud of that. And Tina, how can people get more information and and find out, like you said, do your research? How can people find out from you uh, where to jump off to get more information? Sure. So visit our website, flyavl.com. We have a special page on our website, and it's focused on our information that we have titled AVL Travel Smart. And we have lots of links there uh, that could be very helpful for travelers. Um, We have some questions, frequently asked questions that are answered. So, you know, just easy pop on our website. You can do a search, look for what, you know, pose your question and and, an answer will pop up. Well, Tina, I can't thank you enough. And and I do want to just put a reminder out that Tina and I have been doing this now for well over a year and a half every week. And, you know, looking back uh, on all these weeks that we've been talking, Tina, we really have been able to keep the public up to date on what's going on, because as we know, things are changing all the time. So again, I just want to thank you for your time and, and being able to help us know more so we can be better informed as we move on and go travel again. Great. Thanks for saying that.
All right. Well, thank you, Tina. And thanks to Paul and Miranda for being on Speaking of Travel today. You know, it's hard to believe we're smack dab in the middle of vacation season. Many of us are already making plans. We have plans in place to get away while others are still in that research and planning time. Well, during that planning time, there's a lot to think about, but don't let that distract you from moving forward. First up is figuring out your travel budget. Do you think you're going to travel alone or go with someone else, maybe a group of friends or your family? Obviously, this will shape your plans. Now, choose some place to go. Look at a map. Remember those maps? Well, You can also check out Google and take a look at those destinations. Figure out how long you want to spend out there and how you plan on getting there. And finally, like Tina said, do your research and then do more. It's actually really fun. What's the weather going to be like? How far out will you need a reservation? What is there to see and do? And most important, what are those safety and health restrictions? And then just go ahead and book it. Whether by plane or train or taking an epic road trip, traveling is an incredible learning experience and you'll have so much fun and make so many memories. The time is now because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Road.